0: Hello everyone, I'm Jensine Bard, and welcome to Testimony, where truth is told, lives are changed, and hope is given. Revelation 12, 11 tells us that we overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. A testimony of your story for His glory. He was only three years old when the harsh reality of abandonment would hit hard. The vivid memory of his father, suitcase in hand, walking out, and without a word, no goodbyes, no hugs, no, son, I love you. Just gone. What would transpire in the days and years ahead is something no child should have to endure. A mother whose alcoholism, promiscuity, and volatile behavior would lead to a stabbing, a death, and a prison sentence, and a family torn apart. But for the grace of God, a praying grandmother, and mentors along the way, my next guest may not be here today. Here to share his amazing story and more in a first-ever exclusive is former collegiate All-American, Olympian, NBA Georgia Sports Hall of Famer, and now pastor, leader, and motivational speaker, NBA great, Al Wood. Pastor Wood, Al, if I may, welcome to testimony. Well,
1: it is indeed a pleasure to be here. Glad to uh, be a part of your show.
0: Well, it's an honor to have you, Sir Al. We first met at the Media Fellowship International Gathering, where just the beginning of your story seriously piqued my interest, not to mention your height. I think you're six foot six. That's correct. Wow. You also gave a stirring reading of Scripture that silenced the entire room, a reading that resounded depth of knowledge and conviction. My husband Dan and I wanted to know more. So for part one of our two-part conversation, would you take our listeners, Al, on your faith journey, beginning at age 10, and then let's segue into your amazing career and life of overcoming. Al Wood, please tell us your story.
1: Well, at age 10, I like to think of it as starting the second part of my childhood because the first part of my childhood from birth until 10 was uh, was a pretty rough uh, childhood. But at age 10, I was adopted by my grandmother as a result of my mother uh, being in prison for murder. And uh, me, along with my three brothers and my baby sister, were taken away from her. And by the grace of God, my grandmother took us in. And from that point on, uh, we just had a whole different life, a whole different life than what we had known previously, myself as well as my brothers and my sister. Uh, My brothers played basketball. I used to play what they call pickup basketball, but I I never played on an organized basketball team. We didn't have very much at the time. My grandfather had just passed as I moved in with him. uh, My grandmother was on uh, Social Security, and I had one auntie that was living in the house as well. So we, uh, I guess you could say we we were poor, but we didn't really know it because we had a lot of love in the house. Mm -hmm. And then as I began to... um, Play basketball. I started to grow. I grew a lot from the time I was uh, a eighth grader. I was about five eight and a half, five nine. And by the time I became a uh, ninth grader and started basketball season, I was six four. So I grew a lot, and it was uh, a rough time as well because physically it was very painful. But I began to grow in basketball. I Got a little better as a freshman. As a sophomore, I got even better. Now, along the way, though, I had some unbelievable mentors. I had a guy by the name of Robert Curtis. I had a guy by the name of Eddie Dudley who were just phenomenal in my life. They had probably the most impact in my life to anyone at that particular time, in particular being a male um, role model for me because I really didn't never had a what I consider to be a male role model. And then by the time I got to be a senior in high school, I was a uh, high school all American. I was six six at this time. I was recruited by every college in the United States. I could go to school anywhere I wanted to. I guess you would consider me to be what they would call a pretty much a straight-laced kid. I did everything by the book. I went to bed early. I used to get up early. I wasn't running around. I wasn't drinking. wasn't doing drugs. I would just focus on trying to be the best basketball player in the world that I possibly could be. And I chose the University of North Carolina my senior year to go to school and when I uh, got to the University of North Carolina like so many other uh, high school students not necessarily athletes but just students in general uh, once you get to the university a lot of things change you meet all these different people from all these different backgrounds and then people begin to influence you well it was no different although I was an athlete it was no different for me that that was a tremendous amount of influence coming from all different directions and at this time I began to uh, really stray away from all the things that my grandmother had taught me she had taught me a lot of things i used to go to church i would go to a holiness holiness church um, i would go to a baptist church sometimes but most of the time i was going to a, a church of god a pentecostal a holiness church whatever you want to call it we stayed a very very long time and it was uh, it was just amazing i thought all churches did that i didn't realize that it was so different i didn't know anything about a uh... I had gone to a Baptist church. I didn't know anything about Catholics. I had no clue, knowing whatsoever, uh, because I would go to church, but I really was not uh, being discipled. So I didn't know a whole lot. So it wasn't like I was reading uh, and studying and really trying to grow as a as a uh, believer. In fact, I didn't really didn't know what a believer was at that particular time.
0: Right. You said that there wasn't really any teaching, training, or discipleship. Your grandmother was musically gifted, and the worship was great, but that's about where it ended.
1: Yes, I would say that's where it pretty much ended. We read some, but as you know, as an adult now, and as a teacher myself, I can't take it for granted when I'm speaking to individuals that they know what I know, or they just, uh, I can't make the assumption that, they understand and have clarity of Scripture the way the Lord has really blessed me and shown me some things. So, the best way to know that is just ask the question. And the truth is, I never was really asked that question. So, here it is now. I just really used to keep hid what I didn't know. I didn't want people to know what I didn't know. There was a lot of things that I didn't know, so I pretended that I know. And I really was never confronted or asked questions that could reveal the facts that I didn't know.
0: What was the reason for that, Al?
1: I think that as I, as I look back at it, I, we have this um, certain persona, in particular with athletes as if um, we know a lot of things that we really don't know. I never, never will forget uh, watching Muhammad Ali one time on Meet the Press, and they start asking him all these questions, and then Muhammad Ali's answer was this, he said, I never said I was the smartest, I said I was the greatest. <laughs> and and that stuck with me, and what he was saying was, I'm, I am great at what I do, but yet and still, there's a lot that I don't know.
0: That was a great seed. Uh, that was planted, I'm sure. I want to take our listeners back to a time you shared with me off the record. When you were 12 years old, you didn't even have a pair of tennis shoes to play the game of basketball. You said you saw your older brothers playing. You saw the cheerleaders, the excitement. And you determined at that age, at age 12, that that's what you wanted to do with your life. And one day, you were given a brown paper bag.
1: That is correct. It was one of the most sick- exciting days of my life because in that brown paper bag was a pair of Chuck Taylor Converse tennis shoes, low tops, and they were given to me by a guy who um, became my mentor, he became my uh, basketball coach in high school, and really a father figure and a great friend as I got older. His name was Robert Curtis, and he gave me that pair of tennis shoes, and I was so excited because now I had a pair of tennis shoes that I can compete with everyone else and I didn't have to try for the basketball team or try to play basketball just in my socks alone. So that was a real exciting time for me. And uh, we we talked about that many many years after that had occurred. And uh, as I look back, it was a it was a great moment for me because there was something as I went to those basketball games that got me so excited, and that was something that was stirred on the inside of me. And I knew at that point that I really wanted to play basketball. Now. I didn't know how good I was going to become. Uh, I didn't know how much talent I had. I just wanted to play basketball and have a lot of fun doing it, and that's what I attempted to do.
0: Wow. Now, did your father ever re-enter your life? Were you visiting your mother in prison? What were the relations like with your own family? How did you overcome the early chaos of your life, and what was the pivotal point, Al, that really made you call out to jesus
1: well my mother i love dearly she's she's uh dead now my mother passed in 2004 i used to visit her on a weekly basis every weekend we would go visit my mother in prison and my father he was out of my life he he had no part of our lives at all i never i never saw him i i i ran into him once and someone told me that it was my father i didn't even realize it was my dad at that time I saw him once more about three years ago. So I've seen him, I I am almost 58 years old, and I've seen him twice in the last uh, 50 years. So he was absolutely no part of my life. Wow. And and from that point, really, um, again, I love my mother dearly. Once I graduated from college and my mother uh, got out of prison, she was always a part of my life until the day she died.
0: Well, now you are currently pastor of ministry at Morningstar Fellowship and director of development at Comenius School of Creative Leadership, CSCL. You're a mentor, you're an evangelist, you're a motivational speaker. And what I find so inspiring about your story, Al, is that you don't seem to come from a philosophy of entitlement. You seem to come from a philosophy of Jesus changed my life. Now I want to give back and teach and train and give hope to those kids that didn't have the hope that I had when I was a kid. And by all accounts, you are doing a beautiful job of that. We are going to get more into your life and what you are doing now. And you speak all over the country. You've played basketball all over the world. In our remaining moments here today, Al, for someone who's listening who has a dream of being a basketball player but doesn't know Jesus, your words to them.
1: Well, first of all, when you don't have a foundation in terms of just having a dream and having the goals, because there's a whole lot more to having dreams and having the goals and just say, I'm just going to work toward those. There has to be something within you that really drives you to do what you do for all of us and I would say to any young person that that want to achieve their goals and want to go to the next level I would say uh, open up your heart and just be vulnerable just pray what I call a little simple prayer and the prayer is so simple you just ask Jesus to come into your heart you ask Jesus to change your life you just you just confess the fact that you don't have all the answers and you're asking Jesus to help you and to show you
0: Ladies and gentlemen, you have been listening to nationally acclaimed NBA Georgia Sports Hall of Famer, former All-American and Olympian, and now pastor of men's ministry, mentor, and motivational speaker, Al Wood. You can learn more about Al's work, ministry, and mission by going to MorningstarMinistries.org and invite Al to speak for your next gathering by emailing Wood2Speak at gmail.com Pastor Wood, thank you for taking precious time to share just a little of your story your untold story since it reflects the very example of what it means to truly overcome as you have so beautifully done we look forward to hearing much much more next week, God bless you
1: thank you very much